It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer, coming your way till 3. Elliot, making it happen on vacation. What up, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? A little sad not to be in the studio, but, uh, you know, enjoying a few days away. Uh, Spent some time with the soon-to-be in-laws, I guess I should say. Spending time with friends now. But as you know, as we say every Saturday... I love doing Go Birds Radio, so I made it happen, and there's a lot to talk about with this team. Yeah, there is a lot we'll get into, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy you made it happen. I'd much rather talk to you than to myself, and we get to talk to wonderful callers as well, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Elliot, I want to start here, and we got a lot to get into. There's the whole Zach Ertz thing, Nick Sirianni talking again and continuing to show people that he might know what he's doing, but I want to start with something you said last week that we didn't really get into, but... When I heard it, it just kind of, you know, made me bristle a little bit. And and I need you to explain it, and I need to discuss it with you. Last week, we're talking about the Eagles, talking about where they're at right now. And you made the comment that, quote-unquote, the rebuild is over. And, buddy, I don't know how you can make that comment. Explain yourself, Elliot. Yeah, the rebuilding part of the offseason is over. It just is, flat out. I mean, when you look at the goal of this offseason, when the season ended last year, when that terrible season, probably the worst season of maybe my lifetime, certainly the worst season I've covered since I started covering the team, when that season ended, we all agreed they needed to rebuild. This team needed to make big picture moves to get it back on track. And good news, they did that, right? They, they, they fired the head coach. They moved on from Carson Wentz. They've traded for a first-round pick next year. They've completely reset their cap. And I think that, correctly, people are now very focused on the idea that the rebuild is the top priority. But the good news is they've already done a lot of big-picture things to do that. And I think now people have gone a little too far, including you, frankly, have gone a little too far in every single move has to be done with the rebuild. Like, we talked about Julio Jones last week. If you can get Julio Jones, you get Julio Jones. When we talk about Zach Ertz, if you can keep Zach Ertz, you keep Zach Ertz. So I think this is all actually very clear. I just, I think that now, from here on out, the Eagles should try to improve the 2020, improve this year's roster because improving this year's roster is another step in making sure the rebuild works because the 
biggest part of this rebuild is Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. And they're the two that will make this rebuild go quicker. And putting a good roster around them for this season is, is going to make that happen. Yeah, I, Look, I, I agree with you that Hurts and Sirianni are the two most important people on the Eagles right now. I, I absolutely agree with that. But the idea that this rebuild is over, when we look at this team and still see it bereft of young talent, like obviously if Jalen Hurts is good, that's that's huge. But we don't know. That's a massive question mark. We do not know if Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. So that is definitively not an answered question. But more so, you look at this team and the lack of young talent, the lack of guys you can believe in moving forward. Like, look, can they compete? For, I, don't, I don't think they're going to, but obviously you think they're going to compete for the NFCs. My point is like, well, they're they're, they're definitely gonna compete. I don't for care. I don't care if they. How can, can you not care though? Because, How can you not care? Because this team needs to worry about the future. They have spent so much time the last few years worrying but about. But they've it done now. that. Well, how have they done that? Do, How have me, they not done it? They have a the new head talent. coach, a new quarterback. Where's the young talent, right? ma'am? Where's the young talent? No, what, what do you team? want them to add? What do you want them to add? Multiple young, talented players at each position this offseason? Like, that's going to take time. But the point I'm making now is they have done everything they have can to rebuild this offseason. That portion of the offseason is over. From here on out, it's about adding talent. It's signing Steven Nelson. It's going out and getting veteran players that will help this team. I don't disagree with you that when it comes to young talent, there's a lot of unknowns on this roster, right? I do think Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, like those three could turn into legitimate, I, I believe, like Pro Bowl caliber players. So I think that the young talent thing maybe isn't as bad as you make it out to be. I think it's unknown, but I think the potential is there. Regardless, those players are going to play. If your biggest concern with this rebuild is young players playing, well, guess what? They are going to play. So my, big, my bigger issue is at positions where they don't have anybody – I'm not just putting young guys out there just to do it. I'm not just saving cap space just to do it. Me and you both agree that cap space is essentially a non-factor really now when you look at it. And I see people tweeting this week like, oh, you can't say cap space doesn't matter. Cap space doesn't matter. We saw it this offseason. They did basically whatever they wanted. They cleared $60 million in cap space. Next year, they have enough cap space already to do whatever they want. Going out and signing Steven Nelson, going out and getting veteran players, they can go and do that. It's why I like the Ryan Kerrigan deal. I just don't see why every single move has to be about 2023 and you know making sure they're rebuilding. Like They can compete right now, and they've already done enough big-picture stuff to set them up for that rebuild. No, look, so I'm not saying every move has to be about that. Like I was okay with the Kerrigan signing because I don't think it's going to take a ton of snaps away from Josh Sweat. It's about the organization having a direction and having a plan, like competing for a bad NFC East. What? Who cares, man? Like, I need I need a future. I need a team that I can say, all right, moving into next year and the year after that and the year after that, we're a Super Bowl contender. That's what it's about. It's about going out and, and getting back to that level. And this team is so far from that. They're coming off a 4-11-1 season. We're like, They're not the that talent. far from it, though. But they are, man. This team does not have the talent. And on top of that, there are so many question marks, so many potential injury issues, so many types of things where you could easily see this season falling apart the idea of competing for this season it's it's the mentality this team has the inability to say all right you know what we need to step back and and change things and start over instead it's like this oh let's try and uh, uh do both things at the same time like that's not a smart strategy like you can like 
if you have players, I'm not saying the players shouldn't go out and play hard. I'm, I'm all for that and stuff. But but moves should be focused about the future. It should be about building this team forward instead of still getting stuck in the past and trying. Yeah, to but you're saying you're saying they don't have a path. How do you not see their path? Their path is very clear. They have a new head coach that they're going to hopefully work out. They're going to give Jalen Hurts a year to see if that happens. They have a lot of cap space and draft picks next year. We know that they're going to play veterans along the line. And then honestly, it's going to be younger players at almost every other spot. It's going to be younger guys at receiver, at running back, at, at linebacker, uh, at safety to a certain extent, if you consider Anthony Harris on the younger uh, side. But not, regardless, not really, I mean, not really. That's fair. That's fair. That That's a bit of a stretch. 30, but, right? but, but they have a path. Like, we know what the path is. But that doesn't mean you have to take that in every single decision. It just doesn't. Like, and I agree that trying to kind of serve both masters is is a tricky line to walk, right? We've discussed it on, on the radio, on the pod. Like, if you told me at the beginning of the offseason that they would have tried to compete in 2021 and rebuild, I just said that's a risky strategy. But they did it, and, you know, I was wrong. It was just like I was worried about their cap space. They, how did they not do it? How did they not do it? What do you mean? How did they not do it? They still don't have a great roster. This is still not. Yeah, but some you're awesome but team. you're expecting them to rebuild it quicker than realistic. My my point is, when you talk about a rebuild, you talk about cap space, draft picks, quarterback, and head coach, and they made massive changes on all those things. I don't think adding talent to help them win in 2021 is bad. You keep saying, well, winning a bad NFC East doesn't matter. Tell that to Jalen Hurts. Tell that to Nick Sirianni. We saw in week 17 last year, Jalen Hurts was visibly upset on the sideline that he was pulled from losing that game. Like, you can't tell me that a season of losing because the Eagles wanted to save money for 2022 is worth it for Jalen Hurts. It's not because him being a great quarterback is going to make all these other things so much less important because if Hurts is good, then it doesn't matter that Rager maybe isn't a stud, right? Because you you can make him, Hurts will make him better. So I just think ultimately, at the end of the day, making Sirianni and Hurts have a better chance of winning in 2021 is now more important because they have done all the big picture stuff. Look, I agree. Like Hurts is important. I get it, but but you're talking about Hurts like it's it's a, a fait accompli that he's going to be good. Like he might not be, man. Jalen Hurts might not be the answer at quarterback. Like, yeah, but I'm not saying he's definitely the answer. What I'm saying is you've got to give him the talent to at least try to you know allow him to do that. Like the Julio Jones thing, right? I, I know you're not super anti Julio, but people that don't want Julio, like. Who? We, what is the mindset there? Like, the mindset is this is, a, this is a six-seven win team. The mindset is what's the point of getting Julio Jones in here? I'd Are rather, they better with Julio Jones? I don't care. I don't care. Wait, how can you not care? How can you not care? Because winning the division and winning this year is not my main priority. Like, if they win, cool. I'm gonna root for them every game. That'd be fun if they're good. But like, that can't be the main priority right now for this organization. They should not be looking at this as trying to win the NFC East this year. They should be looking at this, say, what's most important for 2022? Is Ryan Kerrigan better than Josh Sweat right now? Maybe. Should he play more than Josh Sweat? Absolutely not. That's my point. Like, and you bring Julio in, then Jalen Ray doesn't get a chance on that I know they're gonna play him the slot too but more on the outside let's see if he is an outside receiver like I, I the idea that of just bringing in these guys who are towards the end of their career for a year or two it like and again I agree the cap part of it is not like a huge factor to me obviously I'd prefer to save the cap on Julio than than spend it on Julio because I don't want him but it's more that it's not a fit for this team right now like this team has to focus on what's important What's important is not winning the NFC East this season. Like a bad, horrible NFC East. I, yeah, think, that, I think I think that they have gotten blinded because the NFC East is bad and and then thinking, oh, you know, we could we could do both. 
we can rebuild and still go for the NFCs, and it is stopping them from doing the things they need to do to fully commit to this rebuild. You're undervaluing, though, the benefit of winning. Like, you are right that seeing if these young guys can play would be great. It's not as important as winning. Like, winning next year is huge for this rebuild. If they win five games or four games next year, then the rebuild is set back, right? Because then you're not sure if Sirianni's the answer. You're not sure if Hurts is. That's not true. The rebuild also yes, gets to higher draft picks next year. Okay, like, and what's value? that going to do then, right? Like, I, I it's agree. It's value. Like, if it were this it's year. It's value, but it's, if you're the, it's not as valuable pick, as winning. you're not getting Demonte Smith, who's a massive part of this team moving forward. Like, it does matter. It does matter. Yeah, but if you're picking fit five or six, it's because your your roster it, it struggled last your year, right? Your roster's so, bad. They need your talent. Your roster is not as bad as you make it out to be. It's just not. Like, they're talented along the lines. Nick Sirianni spoke yesterday at the press conference, and I think this was one of the you know smart things he said, that ultimately when you either finish a game or finish a season, you answer the question, how are the lines, and that tells you how good the season one. It was. And me and you both think the lines are good. I know I'm a bit more – glass half full with the injuries with certain guys right than than you are but ultimately we both agree they have talent along the line so that's what really matters but again you're undervaluing the importance of winning and what that means like i would rather have this team if i'm if i'm howie roseman or jeffrey lurie and i'm looking at the rebuild i'd rather have them win 10 games this year than have a top 10 pick next year i just would like it matters more because if yeah would it suck to pick 19th instead of five of course you would obviously rather pick higher but if they win next year because they go out and sign a steven nelson and because they go out and add veterans that's a good thing because it's helping the younger players on this roster as well they are going to win on the back of younger players for the most part right other guys will play snaps kerrigan will play snaps uh you know if they were to bring in a veteran receiver he would play snaps but ultimately like Devonte smith Jalen Hurts, like the Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. These are the guys that are going to be critically important for them to win and Nick Sirianni. And I think it's very valuable for them to have a successful season. See, that's where we fundamentally disagree. I, I, I get that there is some value to winning and, and whatnot. I get that. But I think there is far more value to having a top five pick than, than winning the NFC East this year. I just do. I think it's far more important for this team moving forward. They need blue chip players. You're talking about guys like Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard. Like, oh, they could be pro bowlers. Like, maybe. I don't think so. Miles Sanders, I really don't think is going to be a pro bowler someday. Maybe Dallas Goddard. I don't know. But those guys aren't blue chippers. Those guys aren't guys where you say, all right, we got one of the the three best players in this position for the next decade like that's not that those are the guys the eagles need the eagles need blue chip players so you could say like Devonte smith i believe can be and why did they get Devonte smith because they had a higher draft pick like that does matter it matters but like what you're saying now on the perception of goddard and miles sanders could be different if they're good like a year from now you might not feel that way about them like let's say we get to week 15 or, or 14 or something like that. And this team's competing for the division. Goddard's playing great. Miles Sanders has been really good. And we're both sitting here and saying, wow, this young talent is better than we but thought. Like This, this is they, so glass half full, though. Like, it's not glass half I, full, though, because this is a potential outcome. And Miles Sanders is injured, and, and this guy's hurt, and this guy's not playing. And yeah, so and you know like, what? If uh, that happens, uh, then the fact that they signed a few veterans won't even really matter. Like, ultimately, my point is I want to fill the roster out with pieces that, if they are good, will help them, A, be better, but B, if they're good, then they'll have the extra pieces they need to go from, like, an 8-win team to a 10-win team and win the division. It'll be too late. If you wait, if the Eagles wait 
and they don't sign Steven Nelson, if they don't go out and do things, and then five weeks into the season, this team looks really good, it's going to be a lot harder to fill out the, the small holes that they have then than it would have been if they just do it now. I just think it's so unlikely that the team looks good five weeks into the season, especially with the way their schedule shakes out and with the roster they have, man. Like, the, last year, you're talking about this offensive line. Oh, great offensive line. And I agree there's talent there, but – but these guys have real injury issues year after year. I mean, great offensive line, right? One of the worst in football last year, right? One of the worst in football right. last year with these guys. And obviously, Cuzlane got hurt, Brooks got hurt, but Kelsey was there. Mylotta was there. Well, Isaac Samala was there for, for a large portion of it. I mean, like, you know. So well, I take, I take back my agree. I take back agreeing year. on that. I take back agreeing on that. They did not have one of the worst offensive lines in football from a, last from year. From a sacks they perspective, they did. They, they yeah, because they the had most... a quarterback back there that wouldn't throw the ball away and forgot how to play. Well, like Jalen Hurts had what? to throw the ball away like 10 million times so much so that it messed up his per completion percentage. We have to hear about it. Yeah, but didn't the line look better once Jalen Hurts? Uh, not that much. Jalen Hurts was still yeah, under yes, pressure all the time. You can. I think there was one game with the, the line struggled. Last year. They were bad last no, year. No, no, no. I said they just didn't have a bad offensive line. Yeah, I, I I think that you are are far too optimistic, and also you're there are so many question marks. Whether it's injuries, whether it's how good a player is, all that 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 you're looking at the glass half full with these question marks. Where I think it's far more likely that some might go half full, but others are going to go the other way, and they're not good enough if some of those go the wrong way. Yes, but what but the point I'm making that I think you're missing is I agree it could spin that way, right? Like you could be right. We could get to week six or seven. And we're both, you know, here doing Go Birds Radio. I'll be hopefully, you know, back in that beautiful studio with yeah. you. But, you know, we'll, we'll be sitting here and we'll be, and I'll be saying, yeah, you know what? Like, they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. But if they are, right, it's going to help to have a few extra veterans to, to make the team even better. And then the benefits, again, like, I really think you're undervaluing how beneficial it would be for Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts to win next year. Like, I, I, it just, it's huge from a culture perspective. It's huge from a, having players believe in Nick Sirianni. Like, if the Eagles only win four games next year, that's going to be, it, it, it sets the rebuild back, like, flat out. It just does. I mean, because Doug when you Peterson don't believe in Nick Sirianni, you have to go find a quarterback. Like, you're essentially almost restarting. But you might if have you to go find a quarterback no matter what. And look, Doug Peterson went 7-9 and nine, then won the Super Bowl the next year. He went 7-9 and nine his first year as head coach. Yeah. Head coaches yep, don't absolutely. have to have an amazing first year in order to build a culture, in order to set a tone, in order to set things in the right direction. I think this year is it's far more important for Nick Sirianni to teach, to work on fundamentals, to work with these young players and all that than it is to win games. Like, that's just the way I look at it. 215-592-9494. Let's see what the people have to say. Let's start it out where we do every Saturday at this time. Let's go to Edmonton and talk to our buddy Tom. Yo, Tom. Yo, James, my man, pots and pans, 50 grand. How we doing today, brother? I'm uh, much better now, buddy. How are you? <sighs> I, I, I don't what know. Up, where, do, where, do, where do I start with you, Elliot? All right. Well, let me say this. I when I planned when I planned the vacation, I didn't know a Tom from Abington appearance was going to be there. But I'm happy to speak to you today. <laughs> All right. So let me go back to the opening because I, I, James, you just sit back, and I, I'm going to attempt to to reason with this guy Do after that thing, asinine statement that the rebuild's over. Okay. Yeah. But it's over. first, yep. Listen, before I do it, I got to correct a couple things you said in the opening. You said, "quote They have done everything they needed to do." End quote. And what you should have said is they did everything they could do. They didn't do everything they needed to do because they need to do a lot more. The rebuild's not over. And then you further well, well, let, let me let me address it. 
Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you further went on to say that they fired Doug and moved on from Wentz. When in you know, if we're going to look at the facts of this, Wentz moved on from them, and Doug got himself fired. So just get those mm-hmm. facts straight, and then we can talk about the rebuild. Well, that's look. That's your perception. To what I would say, you're right. Maybe they didn't do everything they had to do. Like clearly, you know, if they would have added more young talent, made trades. Like yes, there's more they could have done. My only point is that when you talk about a rebuild, you're really talking about like four key things: adding draft picks, creating cap space, and making sure you have a head coach and a quarterback. And they did really address all those things. It wasn't like. They, you know, they, they kept Doug or they, or they kept Carson or they didn't trade for future picks. Like, big picture rebuild stuff, they did do that. So okay. I, I would push back with you on that one. So now, going off of what James said, as he brilliantly pointed out about question marks, right? Because if you have a question mark, you can't count on it because you don't know. This team is one big walking question mark. Uh, all right, yeah. so anybody who's a rookie, which, you know, includes the coach, it includes the coaching staff, it includes the starting quarterback, you could argue had four games last year, but he's pretty much a rookie. So it includes all them, okay? It includes anybody who was hurt last year, and it includes anybody who took a step back last year or played eh, kind of what they were and did not take a step forward. It's the entire team. It's everybody. I mean, can you name one guy yeah, that took I, a step I don't disagree. last year? I don't disagree that they have a lot of question marks. The only thing I'm saying is one of the ways to help with that and to make this team, you know, have not as many question marks is now to go out and add veteran talent. Like I, I'm okay not playing young players at every Who single position. Who are they adding? And how much like, space do they have to add these guys? Would you sign Steven Nelson? Of course, I would sign him. I would sign anybody. Okay, so at that's this what point. I'm saying. Go out and do those type of things. Go out and add talent at places you have? need it. I think they have around. I think like $8 million, something like that. I don't know. To say the rebuild is over, is it blows my mind. The rebuild for this offseason is, is over, is my point. Ultimately, the rebuild will be over once we know if Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are good. Once they're good, basically the rebuild's over. But the point I'm making about it with this offseason is they've done all the big picture stuff. Like, training camp opens in six weeks. You don't really rebuild during training camp. Like, at this point, you have to go out and fill the holes so that the guys that you do need to rebuild with, like a Goddard, so, so like a Miles Sanders. What you're doing here is you're, yeah, subscribe, you're subscribing to Howie's uh, statements that he wants to rebuild even quicker than he did in 17. It's not going to happen that fast. I understand it happens quick in the NFL. Well, clearly, they won the Super sports. Bowl in 2017. Yeah, but they're yeah. a couple years away. There's way too many questions. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. In, tw- in 2016, I think we would have all said they were a couple years away, right? Yeah, for sure. And they won the Super Bowl in 2017. Right, but Elliot, if you're going to take that team and compare it to this team, come on, dude. I mean, that team was... Well, look, I agree the 2016... The 2016 team, I agree, because a lot of these guys were younger, had better talent, but what if in 2016, Howie said, you know what... I'm not going to resign. I'm not going to sign any veterans, right? Or, or before 2017, but he said we're still going to rebuild. We're a year it. away. That's what? the point. That team was more ready for it. That's that, right. That but none of us thought at the time they were ready for but it. That's the were. point I'm making. Is you can't go into a season expecting to be bad. Like I, I get that you have to be realistic about how good you are. But if you have a chance to go and add talent, I think you go and do that. All right. So the rebuild's not over if they're continuing to add. Big picture moves rebuild for this offseason is over. We're talking about minor moves at this point. We're talking about a few million dollars in salary cap space. You know what, James? He's splitting hairs now. I'm going to pass him back to you. Tommy, a pleasure as always. <laughs> Have you a good one, fellas. You, you know, fine I'm, work. I'm, I'm not splitting hairs. I'm just 
stating it how it is, right? I'm just like, you know, just telling the truth per, yeah. per normal. Per normal, yes. 215-592-9494. Where do you stand on this Eagles team and, and how they should be going about this? Like, I still think they are nowhere close to ready to be a true competitive team. Elliot does, and Elliot thinks they should add to it. Where do you stand? 215-592-9494. We'll mix in the Ertz thing as well coming up. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. And let me remind you that no one does live in-game play-by-play betting better than Park Sportsbook, the Park Sportsbook app, our sportsbook app of choice. Baseball's back, golf's in full swing basketball is going on sign up now and bet live on baseball golf pro hoops hockey and so much more they have an incredible offer to get you in on the action as a new customer you can make your first bet risk-free up to five hundred dollars the park sportsbook app is the only sportsbook app based right here in the delaware valley they have it all live in-game betting which is a wild ride parlays props teasers and so much more you can bet on individual player performances and pro hoops hockey baseball things like points rebounds goals strikeouts Anything and everything that you can think of. Elliot's been betting on soccer and winning some money. Uh, again, basketball action, obviously, daily, super fun to bet on. And again, the parlays, the props, everything is there available to you. The app is easy, it's fun, it's intuitive, and it's easy to use. And here's the deal again new customers only. If you sign up now, you get a first bet risk free up to $500. Download the app or go to Parks Casino dot com forward slash pa and use our promo code go birds that's g-o-b-i-r-d-s and again that's p-a-r-x casino.com forward slash pa and use our promo code go birds your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit see the website for terms and conditions it's go birds radio presented by parks casino and sportsbook elliot shore parks james seltzer with you till three leading off after that phillies and nats back at it after that Let's stick to the Eagles, though. They're a lot more fun to talk about than the Phillies right now. Two, one, five. They're certainly, uh, certainly oh, fiery to talk man. about. Did you, so, Elliot, on vacation, now, did you get a chance to watch that Phillies game last night? I did not. I did oh, not spend buddy. part of my vacation watching that team, that I'll be honest. That was the smartest decision you ever made in your life. Just, just an unbelievably awful, brutal loss, so. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm on vacation. I'm trying to be optimistic, which is why when I'm on my runs, when I'm, you know, I'm thinking about how I think the Eagles would be better than people think. Like, if I wanted to watch a depressing team with no real path, I would talk about the Phillies. But if we want to talk about a team (laughs) that does have a blueprint, that has, you know, had a successful offseason, we can talk about the Eagles, and that's why it's Go Birds Radio. I I wish I could tell you you were wrong, at least on the Phillies part of it. I'll fight you on the Eagles part. 215-592-9494. Someone else will fight you, and we'll get to the Earth stuff coming up in a little bit bit but uh someone else who i'm pretty sure is gonna fight with elliot today because i'm guessing he's more on my side than elliot you never know though sometimes you could be surprised mad mike where you at buddy hey how you guys doing what up man hey elliot how much does it cost to vacation in a submarine at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> i'm just <laughs> chilling in the real world man that no sound like right now um, yeah well, well, tell I, me why i'm wrong you're, well, you're always wrong because you're always optimistic and, and everything, and I, I, I hate that. But I'm not being optimistic. I think I'm being realistic, right? Like, no, where do you I'm disagree? Realistic. James no, realistic. you're negative. That's the difference. That's why you come up as Mad Mike. I'm being well, realistic. Tell me what you disagree honest. with, though. The fact that you think this off, uh, offensive line is going to make it through the season is ridiculous. The fact that you think that they keep adding like talent instead of drafting it and then beating up something just to – to win uh, the prize of being the NFC East to get waxed in the first round and not build the team the correct way through drafting 
well and putting yourself in the spot to draft well. And, and the fact is, after I heard the coach talk again this week, I'm, I, can't, I, can't, I can't buy this guy as a legitimate coach. Like, I can't even buy him as a legitimate offensive player. Well, hold on. Like, let, let, let's, take this, let's take this point by point. So you're saying, and James has said it too, that winning the NFC, NFC East and then getting waxed in the playoffs would be pointless. But let's look back to uh, you know the end of 2019, right, where Carson Wentz took this team to the playoffs, and we all felt much better about Carson. Now, granted, he didn't play great in 2020, but the point I'm making is that the, the going into the playoffs was big for Carson. Like Everybody thought that mattered. So I think it could be just as important for Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and the rookie year i i just don't i i think they're you're rushing something to get to a prize that's not going to win you anything like putting and first of all you should be stripping this team of all the old veterans and trying to instill a young core that's going to buy into what this coach is saying veterans generally just do what they want to do and when you just keep adding veterans in you're not bring, you're not going to allow uh this coach even though i think he's a joke to bring his own ideology in and kind of get the team to follow it. So I think you're, you're making a mistake by having like high priced veterans come in and, or stay here and just kind of run rough shot. So I think they, if they were going to do it right, they should have just like basically stripped the team down and start with all new players. A couple things on that. First, oh, if, they, if they would have done oh, that. stop with the Brandon Graham. You yeah, have to get right, in every yeah. time, Mike. Come on. Look, <laughs> had, had they stripped the team of all the veterans and did what you said, I might have been okay with that path, right? But they didn't do that. So at this point, they do have a roster that, if healthy, is capable of competing for a playoff spot. So I do think adding talent there matters. But the other thing is, Jason Kelsey talked about this last year. And I know, look, he said it at a press conference. So you're going to kind of get an optimistic type view. I understand that. But Jason, I think we would all agree, or at least I don't know if I can speak for Mike because he hates everything that Philly loves. But like, we can all agree that Jason Kelsey is somebody that's a smart football mind. He's obviously been in the league a long time. He said that in the NFL like that there, there's benefits to not completely tanking because it you know it is a team sport and all those things and so I do think that matters like it's easy for us to sit here and say yeah just take all the talent away lose lose all the games so you get a top five pick but, like the people on the team are saying that's not the way to, yeah, that matters is people that are you know within the say. league like I, Jason Kelsey I, I love the guy I think he's a warrior but I think he's shy and I think all he's trying to do. He was right great now last year. How is he shot? He was great he, last year. He basically played with one shoulder last year, and he barely got through the season. Let's be really honest okay. with that. Okay. I mean, he played well got, last year. Would you agree? He played well. From the center to your right tackle, you're probably not going to see those guys make it to the end of the season. Like you're. Well, we don't know. We don't know that. I, I, like, I, by, by that I, perspective, I you think Dak's going to play all next year? Ninety certainty that they're not making it to the end of the season this year. Mike, good so, call. Look, I, I, I'm with Mike on that part of it. Like, I don't have much faith that Brandon Brooks is going to last the season. I don't have a ton of faith that Lane Johnson's going to last the season. Like, I hope they do, but literally each of the last few years, it keeps happening. It's not like either of these guys have been stalwarts of health, and that's the yeah. right side of your line, and that's a big part of your argument for why you think the Eagles are going to be so good. Like, as soon as guys go down on this line, like, there's real problems here. Well, I have said that, yes, it, it is definitely going to depend on the health of the line. And if you want to say you think they're going to get hurt, I can't fight you on that. And if they are hurt, yeah, the team's not going to be as good. They're, they're, there's no fighting that. I agree with you. But what I would say is they got seven combined games from them last year. Me and you both seem to agree that the fact that Lane Johnson finally got the ankle surgery he needed 
is one realistic way to, to to be optimistic. Like that's not just hoping. That's saying he got a surgery that he's needed that he tried to play through and he finally got it. You're right. If they're injured, they're not going to be as good. I don't disagree. But if they do stay healthy, which is also an option, right? It's also a possibility. Then they are going to have a very good offensive line. That's all I've been trying to say. That we can't just go into the air and say, oh, well, they're going to get hurt, so who cares? Because if they don't, you have to look at it realistically, which is if they stay healthy, this team is going to be good. And then adding you know, a Julio Jones or, or a high-quality veteran receiver helping out the defensive side of the ball, you're going to be happy you did that because if there's health along the lines, they're going to be a good team, and a few extra pieces could put them over the edge into the playoffs. Mike brought up the uh, Sirianni press conference, a, a different from reaction from, from the press conference than Elliot and I have. We'll get to that coming up in a few. First, let's go to our buddy Wade in Chester. Yo, Wade. What's up, fellas? How we doing? What's going on, it's Wade? How you doing? It's a shame that, well, it's not a shame, but I'm going to support Elliot on this. Right, it's, it's a shame. shame You're right. Have... You can lead with that. It's a shame. No, <laughs> I was saying it was a shame. It was a shame that I have to battle two idiots back to back, which is Mike and then uh, that, that that buffoon Tom from Abington, who y'all love so damn much. Y'all take him on skiing wow. trips and all this other Shots crap. fired. Nobody, Wade. nobody invited me to no golfing tournament. And no, and well, no to be fair, I wasn't game. invited either, Wade. So maybe me and you will have to go play. Wade, well, you know, Wade yeah. I'd be happy to go golfing with you, pal. Sure, in a, in sure. A second, but anyway, let me, let me get to the business right now, okay? And to be honest with you, last year's performance from Carson Wentz did not allow you to fully evaluate positional players. We don't yep. really know that Jalen Rager is not and cannot be a stud wide receiver because we didn't see a quarterback throwing a wide receiver the ball. We seen an athlete who came in as a project to be a quarterback throwing a wide receiver the ball. But when you seen the change, and everybody like Tom from Abington said, "Give me one bright spot of of the players." Well, Jalen Hurst was a bright spot when he came mm-hmm. in. You actually seen a quarterback throw the the receiver a ball. You did not see the quarterback getting his receivers killed. Like Carson Wentz got Zach Ertz's lungs punctured. He got uh, Deshaun Jackson, he threw him a bubble screen, got him blown up. His career is over. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Look, I'm not going to fight you on Carson Wentz. I agree. I think Carson Wentz was horrible last year. But hold on one sec, one sec. I just think that we cannot say, and I'm hopeful for Jalen Ertz. I saw things last year that gave me uh, a positive feeling about his chances, but he is not a a given here. We don't know that Jalen Ertz is going to be good. Let me explain something to you, uh, Jack. As we do this show and as we've been fans of this station and we call up here year after year, I've been doing it since we were on AM. I've seen the worst quarterback come to this city, and I've seen some good ones come to this city. I'm telling you right now, on a large scale of looking at all the quarterbacks around the league, if you cannot put eyes on Jalen Hurts right today, right now, and tell yourself that this guy can play football I don't know what y'all looking I, at. I said he can. I think I'm, 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 I'm no, no, optimistic no, you, about it. But, wait, you, you can't say it's a lock. And also, there's no, a difference. Hold on, wait. There's a difference between playing football and being one of the best quarterbacks in football. Like, the goal is to get a top quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a guy who carries your franchise for a decade. We don't know that me, Jalen Hurts is that. I hope he is, me, but we don't know. Let me say this to you. If you look at Jalen Hurts' performance and if you look at Jalen Hurts' work ethic and if you look at his abilities, you do know 
You have to be able. This is what we are here for. <laughs> you have to be able to project this. This is what y'all feel Howie over. Howie goes out there and he picks players that he projects that's going to be something. And then we turn around and kill him. Yeah, because most of them haven't be been, something. Wade. That's the problem. I mean, His history of no. picking players, the guys don't turn into good players. That's no, the issue. But that's the history of being in his position. We don't get the luxury. See, he don't have the luxury that we have to sit back and wait and see a player don't become something. I'm telling you right of now. Of course, but that's what he gets paid millions of dollars to do, Wade. What right, is, like, Yeah, right. exactly. So, that's his job. He is a general right. manager of an NFL football team. Like, yeah, he should be good at my that, point. and he hasn't been. And so you say this here. We don't know if the offensive line can stay healthy. If you look at... Both offensive linemen, Brooks and and, uh, and Johnson, both of them got hurt on piles of Carson Wentz holding the ball and being sacked. If you look at both of their injuries, they both happened on the same thing. Carson Wentz getting sacked. Still, they still got them. hurt, man, and good call. But, like, the idea that, like, just saying, oh, Carson's gone, everything's great. Like, I'm happy Carson's gone. I've made that very clear. I wanted him gone. I think he deserved to be gone. I do not have any warm feelings towards Carson Wentz. I'm not rooting for him in Indy, all that stuff. But, like, to just say, oh, well, their injuries were only because of Carson Wentz and they'll be fine is silly, Wade. They got well, hurt. Also, and also Brandon, Brandon Brooks has had multiple injuries, my friend, as yeah. is Lane. So I'm critical of Carson. I, even I think I would say probably not fair to blame him for the injuries of Lane Johnson and Brandon <laughs> Brooks, right? Quite a bit of a stretch, but – but what Wade said, I, I think there was a lot of truth, as normal when he calls, there was a lot of truth in what he said, which is Jalen Hurts does look good. So to your point, yes, we don't know. I agree. Like, we can't say for sure he's going to be good, just like you can't say for sure, like, Devontae Smith's going to be good. You just, until they do it consistently, you, you have to see it. You can't say that they definitely are. But again, I, I think that, and this is a common theme of the offseason, we're really just on different sides of, like, I'm, I think that they could be better. So from that perspective, if if Jalen Hurts is good, and I think actually you are on this side too. I like Jalen Hurts. Again, yeah, yeah, you're I in think on there's a good, I think there's a good chance. Like I'm, or not a good chance. I think there's a chance like that he could be really good. But I'm and not, I'm not ready to say he will be. Out, yeah. What's going to help him be better is going out and getting him talent instead of going into a year where you're like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts is arguably the most important person on the roster. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, but at the same time, I don't. The problem is I don't think the Eagles think that, man. Like, the Eagles refuse to really commit to this guy all offseason. I mean, it's been this thing. I, and the Deshaun Watson stuff still doesn't go away. Like, I don't think the Eagles are sold on Jalen Hurts. How do they expect us to be sold on Jalen Hurts when they haven't been sold on Jalen Hurts? Well, I don't think they're expecting us to be sold on Jalen Hurts. I don't think anybody is saying you have to be 100% in on Jalen Hurts or you have to be sure he's the guy. We don't know if he's going to be the guy. We just don't. We'll find out this year. I'm just interested in giving him more talent to make it more likely he'll be that guy, right? I, I think Steven Nelson helps Jalen Hurts. I, I just do. So I'm not just going to sit here and say, well, Jalen, good luck, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But the good news is we got three picks in 2022, and we're rebuilding. Well, like, that's just not the path on, I would but take. But that's not what they're doing. I mean, obviously, there's going what to be— What are they doing, then? There's going to be players on the team. Like, you could— like, yeah. Obviously, but why not add more? That's our fundamental disagreement. Why would you not add more talent to the roster? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you stay on this? Plus the Sirianni thing, and we'll still get to Zach Ertz, But uh, Matt Mike brought it up and and said that press conference made him feel even worse about Nick Sirianni. Elliot and I continue to feel the opposite on that. We'll get to that next as well. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. Let's go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore, Parks, James Seltzer with you till 
three. Coming up in a few, we'll get into the Nick Sirianni press conference. Let's go back to the phones and talk to our buddy in Monco, Ron. Yo, Ron! Seltzer. Buddy, how are you, pal? Where's ESPN? He's in South Carolina, S- I believe. Right? Yeah. He- He's hiding. He don't even want to get on the air. <laughs> no, I'm never hiding, man. I'm never no. hiding. I'm here. You know what the ES? You know what the N stands for? What? Nerd. Uh, <laughs> nerd. So I come back in middle school, or, man. Or, so I come or back in middle school or, with that one. Or not. Yeah. No, what, do you, what do you disagree you with? You want then? your cake and you want to eat it too, and so does Howie. And everything everybody's saying is true. Hmm. Well, well, well tell me what down. you would have done differently. What I, for me, for me, every bit of this year and next year was picks, man, and whatever you had to do to get them. That's yeah, but they did that. About. They got three. They Whether got three I first round picks in twenty twenty two. I didn't. Huh? I said they, they got the draft picks though. No, I would have got as many. As, I would have got twenty more. I would have got. It was all about picks. That's what this is about. Okay, that's I, what, I and, think and that they traded. What he's yeah, trying, yeah. listen, what he's trying to do is have his cake and eat it too, and that's not going to work. Okay, it's just not going to work. And and I'll be here in October, November to remind you of this, Elliot. Yeah, okay? I'm sure you will. <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah. Elliot, and the Brass and the Eagles don't seem to learn from the past. And what does the history tell us most? That that history repeats itself. So you have to stop Okay, that well, if you want to go by that, Ron. But, Ron, if you want to go by history, isn't that on the side of the Eagles being better? Right? The Eagles have no, always no, been better no, than people no, think. Because, well, no, how listen, not? because, okay, well, let me ask you this. Why you got to keep kicking these contracts down the road if, 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 you know what I mean? That's all they do. Everybody, you, you act like, Elliot, you act like they're doing something amazing. All they're doing is post, they're prolonging the future. Well, let me ask you this, though, Ron. Prior, let me ask you this, though. Prior to this year, where there was a pandemic, right, which impacted everything, when have they been in a bad cap spot? They were, they've been in bad, bad cap spots plenty of times. No, they, they haven't. Under years. Howie Roseman, in the last five uh, no. years, they've been in bad. Listen, that's not I'll true. That's Howie not this. true. I'll, here's okay. look. I'll give Howie this. This is what I'm going to give Howie. When Chip Kelly got thrown out of town. He came out and he cleaned up that mess pretty darn good. And he yeah. got Carson Wentz, okay? Since then, my friend, it's been like the Titanic, okay? And I'm telling you, this offensive line, Mike told you, a couple other guys told you, you know, we know what we're talking about. Just because we don't get draw a paycheck from the Eagles doesn't mean we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Ron, me and you are on the same page about the offensive no, line. No, I think you agree. Page because you okay, do you think if they stay healthy? Julio Jones, dude. That's, yeah, but there's nothing to do with the offensive line. Like what, okay, you wouldn't add Julio Jones to this roster. No. I Why? wouldn't add it. Listen, in baseball and football, I, I, would, I would be happy if I never saw a free agent again a day in my life. Right. That, Free agency is the ruination of sports, buddy. Ron, well, and, and great call until the end thing. I mean, that's silly. 
But I will say his point, and obviously he's going to extremes with it, but he's right that this team's the future of this team is dependent upon drafting and developing players. Like that is yeah, I agree with that you. is how yeah. this franchise gets back on its feet and gets back to being a real true top franchise, which it has not been certainly last year and the last couple years since winning the Super Bowl, obviously. Like this is about drafting and developing and, and it's I agree. And it does seem like how he's trying to have his cake and eat it too and try and serve two masters when he should be fully in on one master yeah and look like i said a couple things first i agree with you that the drafting is going to ultimately dictate how good this team is and howie has not done a great job drafting right so we are on the same page with that the only thing i'm disagreeing with you is is that like they actually are able to do both at the same time and if you told me at the beginning of the season offseason that they were going to do that i would have disagreed but now we are where we are which is they have added the draft picks they have re reflipped the cap space they've done all these things and they still have a roster that can be competitive so i'm just worth i'm interested in adding just a few more pieces to help them do that let's go to berwin and talk to mike hey mike you there buddy hey how you doing hey mike what's on your mind today sorry buddy? about that no i problem. was trying to get you off speaker no, i think that is a a problem that many callers have all the time no worries man what's on your mind you know i just with the Ertz, i i love Ertz. i think he did great by us but i think it's time to let him go you know and i agree i would love to take that money and uh, use it for the corner from the Steelers, Stephen uh, Nelson. Stephen Nelson. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah, he's young uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could help us in the long run. I'm a big fan of that. So you're you want them to compete this year, is what you're saying, Mike? Without well, Zach Ertz, but with Stephen Nelson. You know, I just I I think that. Who do we put at corner? Our backfield, defensive backfield, is going to look bad. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to, you know, I don't care if we win. I want them to be competitive, though. And I just, after watching Hurts last year, I don't think he wants to be here. No, Mike, I, and good call. I agree with you on that. Where do you stand on the earth thing, Elliot? Because I know that you've, you're one of Ertz's biggest fans in his time here. You've always been a Zach Ertz guy. I mean, I think all of Philadelphia are Zach Ertz guys. I mean, he's an Eagles Hall of Famer. He's one of the best uh, receivers, period, we've ever had on this team, numbers-wise and all that stuff. Um, but where do you stay on the Ertz thing? Because it is kind of a conflict of of what this guy wants and what, what, what is best mm -hmm. for him versus playing it out for the team. Because I, I do get when people say, like, what, are you going to trade Ertz for a seventh-round pick? Like, What's the point of that? Like, I get that. Uh, it's cutting him, like, it's like, oh, well, you got nothing for him. Like, I get that argument. But at the same time, like, Zach Ertz clearly doesn't want to be here. Yeah, and I can't believe we're still discussing this, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's June, yeah, I and we're still he's talking on the roster. about I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. So I think there's a lot going on here. Uh, from the team perspective, you don't – if you cut him, you, you're right. You don't get anything for him. You do get the cap space, which which is not nothing, right? So you do get the added flexibility of an extra $8.5 million. And I think, frankly, they're counting on having that money. I think when they look ahead and they plan out their cap space, they're planning on having that $8.5 million from Zach Ertz. So I still believe that they will move on from him. From Zach Ertz's perspective – you know, if, if you do decide to keep him, I don't think he would be thrilled about it for a number of reasons. One, I think he's not happy the front office didn't pay him last offseason when all the other elite tight ends in the league got new deals. But the other thing, too, is 
if he comes here, he's probably the backup to Dallas Goddard. Like, Dallas Goddard is a starting tight end on this team. And so from Zach Ertz's perspective, like, yeah, I'm sure he wants to go elsewhere for money and all those things. He might just want to go somewhere else because he'll be a starter somewhere else. Like, if he goes to the Colts, he'd be a starter. If he goes to, you know, a number of different teams, Buffalo, right? He could go play for a, a contender and be a starter. So I, I think that from both sides, they're going to move on. Look, we've been talking for the last hour about how I think they're going to be better and how about how they can compete. So obviously having Zach Ertz helps you in that regard. And I do think he would come in here and put a good face on because that's really the guy he's been the whole time, right? And we saw them do it with Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins stayed a year later after a contract dispute, and he, he was a great player that year, and he was a great locker room guy. So I think it's possible. I, I just still – I'm not going to buy that it, that he's actually going to come back. I just haven't believed it all offseason. I, I still don't believe it. 215-592-9494. We'll mix the Ertz thing in. Where do you stand on the Ertz situation and how the Eagles should handle it? Should they just keep Ertz at this point? Or let him move on, or even if it's just release him. 215-592-9494. We'll roll your phone calls next. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. And let me again remind you that no one does live in-game play-by-play betting better than Park Sportsbook. The Park Sportsbook app is our sportsbook app of choice. Baseball's back, golf's in full swing. Sign up now and you can bet live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, and so much more. They have an incredible offer to get you in on the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free up to $500. Yes, $500. The Park Sportsbook app is the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting, which is a wild ride. It is so much fun. Parlays, props, teasers, and more. Anything you can think of, you could do it. Bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, hockey, baseball, things like points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, anything and everything. The app is fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. It's it's so much fun to watch these games and actually have something riding on it. You're invested. It is a blast. And again, here's the deal for new customers only. Sign up now and get your first bet risk-free up to five hundred dollars download the app or go to parkscasino.com forward slash pa and use our promo code go birds that's g-o-b-i-r-d-s and again that's p-a-r-x casino forward uh, casino.com forward slash pa and use our promo code go birds your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit see the website for terms and conditions one hour down one to go for go birds radio presented by parks casino and sportsbook elliot short parks james seltzer with you for another hour leading up to leading off with me, so I guess I'm here for another hour and a half, technically, if we're going to be real about it. Then Phillies baseball after that, Phillies Nats, game two of the series after the brutal loss last night. Uh, Elliot, let's get back to it, talking birds, the rebuild, is it over? Let's get back to the phones, let's go to our buddy in Florida and talk to Ja'Cory. Ja'Cory, big game for your clips tomorrow on, night, buddy, big game tomorrow. Yeah, man, big game tomorrow. Kawhi did his thing last I told you, Jamie. Yeah, he was nasty. Yeah, man. Going back to these birds, um, I think we'd be competitive. I just want to see the young guys play. I want to see, you know, the guy Smith play, you know, to the game well, looking ones. I want to see these draft picks play. Even some of the guys from last year play a lot. Um, I want the cornerback, Steven Nelson, because, um, I know you wasn't up down there yesterday, but um, they had actually had Michael Tiquette lining up opposite Darius Slay. It's kind of scary, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's not ideal. That's not exactly what you want to see. Uh, I, I agree with you that I would not add veterans that are going to get in the way of, like, Devontae Smith getting snaps. And I, I don't think they'll add anybody that would stop Kenneth Gainwell. I think his role is probably pretty set for this year. I mean, he could play his way into a bigger role for sure. But I, I don't think a veteran signing is either coming or would impact him much. Uh, but Steven Nelson, like you said, I, I'd rather sign Steven Nelson than, say, than start Michael Jaquette. Now, I'm not completely ready to write Jaquette off. I think he had one really bad game in Dallas, but he also played, you know, he, he made some good plays last year as well, and he's a younger player. So I'm not writing him off for sure. I just don't feel comfortable making him the starter opposite of Slay. Okay, I got two more things, too. Um, I think Jocelyn is going to have a breakout. He's my breakout player for the season. And I've been hearing um, from the Jets, I've seen on Twitter, that they're, they don't want to pay uh, Jameson Crowder. Like, I think he's on like $10 million or like $10.2 million as Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. What would you think we would have to give up to get Jameson Crowder? Because I want to add a vet receiver in that wide receiver locker room because, in that room because Greg Ward is the oldest receiver in, a, in that room. And I just want to add a vet in there who can come and lead those young wide receivers. Corey, good call. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think adding a veteran receiver is a good idea for for the reason you just said. I mean, Greg Ward, I think, is better than people give him credit for, but you don't want him being the veteran. I mean, he's you know he's barely played, frankly, in the NFL. He's played more over the last year, but he's not a guy that's played five, six, seven years consistently each week. And I think having somebody in the room that's done that does add a lot of value. And I also think it raises the floor for what you could see from this team. I, I think that, or as I should say, from the receiving room. I mean, you know, we all believe Devontae Smith is going to be good, but, you know, who knows, right? He is a rookie. So I, I think adding a veteran would just raise the floor of the receiver play overall. Crowder, I, I don't know what it would take, to, to be quite honest. I can't imagine it, it would take much, like maybe a, a third or a fourth at most. But I would have interest, depending on uh, if he was willing to rework his cap hit to, to be lower. But I think that'd be a good name to to at least look into. Yeah, here's what I give up for Jameson Crowder. Nothing. There Nothing. I mean, that's the there exact type of move. Like, that's literally well, what do you think they, what giving do you think up a draft pick. Giving up a draft pick for a veteran wide receiver right now is like the worst possible thing the Eagles can do as far as I'm concerned. I disagree. Like, I mean, I disagree. Obviously you disagree. Yeah. It's the heart of our disagreement today. But that yeah. this is just such a perfect example of giving up a future asset to make this team better now. Like, that's exactly what I don't want them doing. Future assets are far more important than assets for this team this year. That's the important thing in my mind. I just like, don't think... I don't think you could paint it with a broad broad stroke like that. Like, it, it depends on the player and the pick, right? I think there's probably deals I could give to you where you would say, yeah, I would do that trade, right? So, yeah, for Crowder, I probably wouldn't trade a third. or I don't know what it would cost, but he's not a player the I would The only way I'm doing it on. is if it's a player who's going to be a part of my future. Like, if I can get a 25-year-old wide receiver who's good for a pick, yeah, I get it. Then I can have this guy for the next five, seven years, whatever. That's a trade I would make. I'm not trading for a veteran to come in and help this year. I'm not. Like, if anything, I'll sign a guy off the scrappy for nothing so he can help the room. I don't want him playing. I don't want veterans out there as much as possible. I want young players developing and seeing if they're any good. Like, that's what we got to do. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. So you just said something about adding guys you think can help this team for, you know, five to seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Carson Wentz thing, one thing it's taught me is the idea of looking really far into the future sometimes is, is a flawed one. Because remember, in, in 2017, 
Carson was so good that we were all saying, well, you have to make decisions, you know, with 10 years because you, you know that you're going to have Carson for so long. Is there any part of you that thinks maybe kind of how we've changed our perspective on cap space a little where I love to follow cap space, but this last year has kind of taught me that ultimately you can just work and do whatever you want pretty much when it comes to the cap. Has the Carson Wentz thing in general kind of tra- uh, changed your mind on maybe you really only look two to three years out in the NFL instead of saying, I got to, you know, find guys that can play for six, seven years because that's just like it's an eternity in the NFL. Yeah, I I get your point, and I don't disagree with the heart of, like, I I don't think you can think that way, but I think you have to look at guys and hope, right? You have to say, like, this guy could be that for us. That's fair. Like, at least get guys who have a chance to be something that could be a long-term piece for you, like they did in 2016, like Rodney McLeod, like Brandon Brooks, Malcolm Jenkins, all these moves they made them were guys who not only could help them get better that year, but also the next couple years, but people who theoretically could be here five to seven years and be a part of something. So those are yeah. the types of moves I, w- I would be much more uh, into making than, than getting a veteran receiver here to help right now. Two one five. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Northeast Philly and talk to Chris. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, so it's probably good that you're not in studio today, Elliot, because they were in that first segment. It did get pretty heated, and if you were there, somebody <laughs> might have went John Ritchie and crushed somebody's face or something. So. I would never. I don't. I don't have that in me, Chris. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, I, I don't think the rebuild's over. I, 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 when you got a guy like Zach Ertz still on your roster, who's aging, who's not exactly as great as he used to be, who's making a decent amount of money and doesn't want to be here, I don't think you can say the rebuild's over if you haven't moved him yet. Um, Firstly, well, my point about the rebuild, look, it, in, in some ways, the rebuild is never over, right? Because they're, they're always going to be trying to improve the roster. You always kind of has to have the future in mind. There's probably only four or five teams in the league that I would say right now make every single decision with the intention of winning the Super Bowl in 2021. My only point is that the big picture moves have been made. Like the, the rebuilding part of the offseason is over. I think at this point you can go and add players here and there that are veterans that aren't going to impact you know, rookie snaps or younger guy snaps that are, that are going to help the team. Well, I agree. I do agree with that. Um, yeah. And you were saying earlier, like, uh, in two th- uh, going into the Super Bowl season, nobody thought they were ready to win. And, and you know, they probably weren't, but they added Patrick Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey and LeGarrette Blount, and then they were. Chris so maybe, Long, yeah. Yeah, Chris Long. And we've already added some guys like that. We added Kerrigan, Kerrigan, we got Carrion Johnson. I mean, if you add a few more guys like that, this team might be a little better than, than some people are expecting. Oh. Oh, man. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: What do you think is more more important? I'm curious for your opinion. Would you rather have them make the playoffs, right? So you add veterans, you make the playoffs, or would you rather have them get a top, let's say, seven pick in the draft next year? No, I'm going to make the playoffs every year under under. Yeah, I think there's benefits to always. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I would take the top five pick. It's insane. I can't it's believe you feel insane. that way. They I genuinely, like, I genuinely can't believe you. They you, need, you look, yeah. again, I'm not saying there's no value. I understand where you guys are coming from, that there is value to the experience of making the playoffs, to Jalen Hurts, you know, getting that opportunity, to showing what he could do, to Nick Sirianni being good, like, and, and more so what it represents. Like, the idea, if if they make the playoffs, it's probably because Hurts and Sirianni are better right. than people, which I get all that, but I'm saying in a vacuum, this team needs a top-five pick a lot more than it needs to win a bad division. That's it. Flat yeah, but there's, out. there's a good chance. Look, if they're picking in the top seven next year, there's also a decent chance that like they're maybe looking for a new head coach, or at least they're I, they're I, on the they're, at least they're considering well, it. 
Yeah, that's what I think another part of the conversation that people really haven't been mentioning is is that if Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni aren't good, then a lot of this stuff doesn't even matter, and we're just back at the yeah, beginning right. all no, over but, again but, anyway. But, uh, Chris, good call, but no, it does matter. It does matter, right? It does because you still need a roster around those guys. It's all about talent, getting talent on this team. Talent makes everyone better. Like Yeah, but need- his point – his point, which we saw last year, is if you have a bad, a bad quarterback, and I think ultimately Doug was not great last year. Like if you have two those two positions poor, that are playing poorly and coaching poorly, the roster doesn't really matter. Like if, no one can function with the good with a bad head no, coach and a bad quarterback. No, hold up, hold up, hold up. They're, they're, we're talking about the worst quarterback in football is what Carson yeah. Wentz was. That's what we saw. Right. We saw if you have the worst quarterback in football who plays like a moron and refuses to throw the ball away and takes all these sacks and stuff and throws the ball to defenders and stuff, yeah, you're not going to be able to compete. Like, but that's, we're saying Jalen Hurts can be the worst quarterback of football because that's a whole different discussion. It, they can still be okay and the Eagles can be bad. Like, the roster around them still matters. It does. It, unless yeah, it it's going to be the no, worst I, in football. That's the point. I, yes, I, I've been making that point for the last hour and no, 15 minutes, No, no, minutes, no, no. Right? I'm saying uh, moving forward, like, you need talent, man. You need blue chip talent that you can build with yeah, but you, you can keep say, saying that. i can count it's on that guy, in... that guy that guy that guy yeah. those are just like we talked about in 2016 whether it's however you make these moves they got a bunch of guys then that, that help move this franchise forward that were blue chip players like that matters they don't yeah, have young I, blue I, chip you players keep, you keep just saying add blue chip players add blue chip players no one's fighting you on that everyone agrees in an ideal but, but, world but, 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 the team would add a ton right, of blue my chip point players. is a top five pick is a much better chance to get a blue chip player than picking 19th and getting blown out in a playoff game. That's my point. Yeah, but if they make the playoffs, then their blue chip talent looks a lot different. This team is not, not going to make the playoffs. Not if they win a bad division, man. Like, if, all right, if they true. go 13 they win... and 4 and they're like awesome. That was weird. I was about to say 3, but I remember. Yeah, if it feels go, weird. If they go 13 I'm, and 4 and they're awesome. Doing that, by the way. <laughs> and yeah. they're awesome and Hurts is amazing. It's like, yeah, then we're having a different discussion. But if they're 9 and 8 and winning a horrible NFC East, like, no, I'd rather have the top five pick. Yeah, I, I just think the value of winning is more than, than you're making it out to be. I just flat out do. I mean, Jason Kelsey said it too, right? Like, th- this idea that you can just tank a season a in the NFL. Player. What's he going to say? And what, it, what teams in the NFL have tanked, And again, really? they're, I mean, not, they're not tanking. They're going to go out and compete every day. Like, I'm just saying that it's more important to compete with guys who could have be a part of your future than a guy who can help you for a year. That's my yeah, point. Yeah, but you're saying you would rather have a top five pick than a playoff spot. Like, yeah. So you are picking. You're, you're saying you would prefer them not to win next year, essentially. No, look, I'm never gonna. I, I'm gonna watch the Eagles and I'm gonna root for them. I can't. I've tried. I tried right. last no year. One's not like, saying I can't, that. I can't right. do it. Like I don't expect them to be good. I don't. And on top of that, I don't think that this roster, even if Jalen Hurts is really good, is good enough to be. Again, I'll go back to what I said at the top of the show. This is not about winning the NFCs. This is about becoming what you used to be, a perennial threat to win the Super Bowl every year. Andy Reid, Donna McNabb, those guys have a chance to win the Super Bowl every freaking year they take the field. Like, that's where we need to get back to, and the way you get back there is by developing, drafting, building it the right way, not by trying to serve two masters and say, well, we can compete, but also this. No, like, commit to it. Commit to rebuilding the right way. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not saying you shouldn't shoot for this goal because it's hard to get to, right? Obviously, the hardest things they're shooting for are the ones worth fighting for. So I'm not fighting you on that. But, like, you keep saying, okay, add blue chip players, you're a perennial Super Bowl contender every year. That That's almost, I don't want to say impossible, but how many teams really check that box? Like the Patriots and the Chiefs. 
Is that it? I mean, no, how I many mean, other like teams? The Ravens every year, the Steelers every year. I and mean, I'm not saying like, but these are teams that go like are are consistent playoff teams every year. They are they are either in the playoffs or I mean, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season as that coach right. says. He's never but how had do you think a they got to season. that point? It's by drafting well, exactly. which I think you need better. Yes, but but it's also by by the fact that they have like a winning culture and the fact that they add talent, they bring in veterans and they try to win, right? That that's part of it. Because they have the talent, the base of talent to be able to add to, and they have they've drafted and developed, and they keep adding to that talent. They keep drafting well, like that's yeah. the key. Two one five. Look, I, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, look, obviously it's easier to find an elite level talent at five than it is at 19 or whatever, right? But I don't think we should just say, I mean, the Eagles have the most draft picks in the NFL in the NFL next year. So regardless if their first pick is at five or if it's at, you know, 15, whatever, they should be expected to find blue chip talent in the first, second, and third round. Like teams do do that. I mean, the sure Saints, they do, but the, the Saints Eagles have had don't. some of the best drafts we and they never to, draft We high. have to go by Howie Roseman's record. This guy has failed. Yeah, but you're, Every but you're time the one he has that a pick says, late in the first round, he fails at it. Like, what? I mean, right? So yeah, what, should also you want to cut that down the opportunities says, yeah. to, to fail? You're all. You're the one that always says, like, you can't just say, oh, trade the picks because Howie's going to blow it anyway, right? I so agree with that, but that doesn't mean— You can't do a philosophy mean, of no, how no, no, no. drafting, uh, so you uh, got to uh, draft uh, uh, I'm saying, first of all, I say that because Howie's here, so he's making the picks anyway. So it's, it's a silly thing to say because he's making the picks. So someone's got to make them. You may as well— you know, have picks. My point is more that we know how he's a bad drafter. He has a much better chance to hit if he's earlier in a round than later. Flat out, that's it. Like I want. Yeah, I'm not disputing you, but he should still be expected to find talent at 19-20 and then also in the second and third round. Like the only way to build through the draft is not by getting top five picks. We see teams re the, again. The Saints rebuilt almost their entire roster that year. They added, you know, they had great offensive linemen whose names escaping right now. They drafted Alvin Kamara. Like they had Ranch all these players Ranch in one Ranch draft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were, I mean, that year, I don't know their exact pick, but I'm sure it wasn't in the top 15 because right. they're Elliot, in the playoffs I'm not, year, Elliot, so. I'm not arguing that it's not possible to get good draft picks later in the rounds. Obviously, it is. I'm saying that the likelihood is worse. Howie Roseman picking at 20 is less likely to hit than Howie Roseman picking at 5. That might not be the case for uh, DaCosta, Eric DaCosta, or Chris Ballard, or, or Kevin Colbert, or whatever. But for Howie Roseman, it is. That's the case. That's the history. So I want to give I want to give the Eagles a better chance to come away with high high end blue chip players that are going to move this franchise forward and be a part of this franchise for a long time. And you have a better chance at five than you do at twenty with Howie Rose making the pick flat out. Yeah. I, I agree with you, but I also think that's a bit of like a defeatist way of looking at it, which is, well, Howie's a bad GM, so they have to draft high. Like, they're not going to be good if Howie's a, a bad, bad drafter. drafter. And again, yeah. it's the it's the what we can do with this season. We have different perspectives on that. Like, to me, the best case, the best way this season goes is they're maybe 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, and they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like, that's the best season they can have as far as I'm concerned based on what they have on the field. That's not I mean, good enough. they could maybe win me. a home playoff game. I'm just saying. Maybe. I agree sure, with you. Sure, you never know the opponent is. Correct. Sure. Yeah. So, like, yes. to me, like, that path or the you can get a blue chip player path, I'm taking the blue chip player path for where this franchise is. Like, they need young talent moving forward. That's the most important thing to me, number one. Yeah. I, I, well, the, one thing I would say after that is you're, you're talking about a guaranteed playoff spot where you know Hertz was good enough to get them there and those things versus the chance to add a blue chip talent player. You don't know if that top five or six pick is actually going to result in a great player. 
because to, to your point, A, how he struggled with drafting, but also you this also is the, don't know the that the, the playoff stuff is going to matter too. Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton, I bet that first playoff it was like, wow, this is really good for them. They're getting the playoffs, they get experience, and then they did it seven more times and lost in the first round every time. And that yeah, was well, they it. did make the playoffs a lot. They just never won there. But yeah, who cares? I don't want the Eagles to be the Bengals. Like that doesn't do I anything don't for me. I agree. Right. Yeah. So like I'm saying, like it's not just like the, it's it's both sides are question marks. Just because they make it to the playoffs in a bad division doesn't mean that it really matters for their future. It could mean that they just made the playoffs in a bad division, and that's who they are. Yeah, it could be that. We'll see. 215-592-9494. Let's go to York and talk to Den. Hey, Den. Hello. Den. One, two, three, no. Let's go to Belleville and talk to Neil. Hey, buddy. Seltzer, long time no yeah. see. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing, Great Neil? I just you. saw you on there. Good to hear your voice, buddy. Well, thank you very much. Ellie, nice to talk to you as well. I, I'll tell Always you what. Always a pleasure. I know you're in the Carolinas right now, but, you know, you two seem like you need to settle this in a cage match or something. You, guys like, uh, <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, uh, having been away for a few days, I, I feel like I have this all kind of pented up inside. It's like been I'm great. ready to talk Eagles. I'm yeah, loving so, it. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, that's that good radio. It's good radio, and that's all that matters. Um, Appreciate it. A couple it. things. I think it, there was a move that was done a couple days ago that I thought was very telling. The, the Bills converted – Stefan Diggs' salary into a signing bonus, and they yeah. freed $9 million in cap. Um, that, to me, signals they're going to make a trade for someone. And Earth to the Bills is a perfect fit. <clears throat> they desperately need an offensive uh, weapon at tight end. Um, I think that's where he probably ends up being. I don't think Earth can, will stay on this team, but you're not going to get much for him. He's a 30-year-old uh, tight end coming off a very bad year who has been, I'll be polite and say petulant, about the desire for a new contract. So the question is, if you only get a fourth or a fifth, is it worth trading him? Um, And I don't have an easy answer to that. What do you guys think? I don't know if you get a fourth or a fifth. I think it's more like a sixth or a seventh, Neil. Yeah, I think they would take a fourth or a fifth right now. Yeah, Yeah. I think if they had a fourth on the table, he would be traded. I hope I I would agree with that. I'm just thinking that's what the the Eagles are looking for. Obviously, Mm -hmm. other teams, they're not stupid. They're going to know that, you know, he wants out. And give less compensation, but I don't think he, I don't think he'll be on the on the on the opening day roster. If I, I don't had think to guess, people... Neil, I guess he gets released eventually. Like that's I think in the end, it's either released or he's traded for like a conditional seventh or some yeah, BS. Cause, cause type either pick. way, you're gonna yeah, either way, you're gonna save cap money. Like to save face, of... where how he's like, well, I I didn't release him this long. I got to get something, and it's some like trade that that isn't what it looks like at first. Type yeah. of thing. Uh, one the... one more minor point, then I'll get to my main point. I would not trade for Julio Jones. He's a skill position player on the downside of 30, coming off an injury making nearly $20 million, which is going to require large compensation. I would stay far away from this possible. I know the allure is there, but I think for all the things that I just mentioned, I just think I'd rather see the young guys play. And as I don't know, I'll give the credit to whoever said it. I'm with you, Neil. What's your main point? Because we're up against it. Yeah, young win. So my main point is this. I think this year it's only about one thing. Development of Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback that you build in the future. If that QB coach relationship is sound, then you're optimistic for the future. If it's not, we're back to square one, and we'll end up having you know more crazy calls calling for people's heads to, to explode. So that's that's essentially the most important thing: develop yeah. a quarterback to a competent quarterback. Neil, good call. And look, that's something Elliot and I totally agree on. 
We agree that yeah. the, the two most important people for the Eagles this year are Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Like those are the and guys. And that's why that... I want to do everything I can to help them yeah. and to add talent. Yeah. Like they've already got out. enough talent. If we will find okay, out what Jalen Hurts the roster is good. They already got enough no, talent. No, I'm saying so enough few... to find out whether they whether Nick Sirianni can call plays or whether Jalen Hurts can play quarterback. Yeah, they got enough there. Like we're good. Okay, we'll find out. Well, are you good enough or not? How about this? Transcend the talent around you, Jalen. Like, the best quarterbacks in the NFL, the best of the best, make everyone around them better. How about that, Jalen? Make everyone around you better. That's what I want to see this year. Yeah, and look, if he does that, obviously at the end of the year, you'll be feeling a lot better about the roster in oh, general because yeah. guys look, like Jalen yeah. Rager will, will look a lot better. And just if, if Jalen Hurts is good, it's a whole different thing. It's just I need to, I need to see him be good for a season to know that he is. 215 592 94-94, the Sirianni thing. He's the other part of that. I want to get Elliot's thoughts on his press conference next, plus your calls. It's Elliot and James. We're coming right back. Let's go, Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer with you till three. Let's get some calls in as we continue to roll in a second. I'm going to ask Elliot about Nick Sirianni's press conference this week. First, let's go to Dallas and talk to our buddy Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how's it going? I want to hit on a, a few points because, man, it's been a good conversation today. First of all, one thing James brought up, let's not forget last year the team that won that bad division was probably the team that came closest to beating the actual Super Bowl champ. So anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, yep. Secondly, I want to hit on we got to take advantage of a weak schedule. If you look at the NFCs, two of the last four Super Bowl representatives went from worst to the Super Bowl, and it's because of that schedule advantage. If you're going to try to win anything, you got to do it when that schedule's weak. We're, we have the worst schedule you in the NFL. You're not good enough, one. Scott. Like, you, guess what? Be the worst team again, and you have a worse schedule next year, and be more prepared to make a run. Like, but you're almost you wasting up, it. To me, that's more issues though, because if you finish with a top five pick, then you have questions about the quarterback, questions about yep. the GM, yep. questions about the head coach. Not necessarily. And, I mean, and, and look, also, look, James, you could finish with a top five pick because of injuries. You could finish with a top five pick because of. Other things going wrong on the right. Look, Deshaun Watson. I don't think Deshaun Watson went four and twelve last year and had one of the great quarterback seasons of all time, according to all the statistics and all the numbers. And I'm not saying it was, but like Deshaun Watson was awesome last year, and they went four and twelve. But then the, their GM and head coach also got replaced. That's why I, I I don't think there's an advantage if you're finishing the top five. You have a lot. Of, it's not like the coach looked good that year. You're finishing the top five. They're, right. It, Doug, if they have a top five pick. Mind. If they have a top five picks ne pick next year, James, you'll be saying the same thing next year, which is they're not good enough for 2021. Don't add players. You just had a top five pick. Like at a certain point, you know, you you have to start winning games. Like I know that I know it's what you want. I get that you're saying the path is to to getting there is top five picks, but a better path is to win and make the playoffs, and then no, you have to feel more optimistic going forward. But you, again, like winning a bad division and and losing in the playoffs is not progress to me like that is not long-term progress but getting a top five you're still pick in is? the same situation I, I get a blue chip player yeah it is like it, it, again like d we have fundamentally different views on what is most important for the eagles right now for me it's getting young talent on this team that's so it so you'll feel better number about one the thing. teams okay you'll feel better about the team's future number one two three four pick. and five yeah yeah i will okay then you would if they won the division you would feel better about them again having again to the point i made before if they if jalen hurts is unbelievable and they go 13 and 4 or 14 and 3 and, and it's the most shot then of course not but if they win the division at 9 and 8 yeah I'll feel better with a top 5 pick than winning the division for sure that's let's, crazy that's crazy let's not forget too Doug went 7 and 9 this first year and we wanted him fired and that was almost 500 
Well, we didn't, we didn't want him fired. The Eagles, it seemed like, wanted him fired. Well, some people did, to be fair. I mean, remember, there was that whole the thing Jim where he Schwartz didn't talk thing. the Yeah, last it was the, the Jim season. Schwartz thing and all that. But I like, I, I didn't hear many fans saying, fire him after the first season, personally. And I, I think, personally, we ha- we, we're we showing that we're trying to rebuild. We, we have something like, what, 20 picks in these last – or the this past draft and the next one? That's literally right. almost an extra draft worth of picks. Like, they, they, you have to draft well. I mean, you can have 28 picks or 20 picks. If you don't draft well, it doesn't matter how many you have. Agree. So agree. how improve that? I agree. Scott, good call. He has to. I mean, it's the most important thing with the franchise. But, again, it's like we all seem to be, like, forgetting that that a month and a half ago we were talking about the Eagles as the most dysfunctional organization in the sport sans the Houston Texans. Like, that didn't just go away. Like, this whole Lori Roseman thing, like, I don't. I don't have faith in them. Like, I still don't have faith. That is part of where this all comes from. The idea that, like, them winning the division just placates this this dysfunctional thing that has been going on, and it just it, it exacerbates it. Like, again, to that point, like, I would rather Howie be gone more than anything, as you know, and, and a top five picks helps me towards that goal as well. Yeah, but if they win next year, if they don't seem as dysfunctional, the draft picks look they better. They are like, dysfunctional. It, it they are dysfunctional. They're dysfunctional. The way it's run is dysfunctional. So it, it's, it doesn't well, matter I mean, the, what the they track see. Record, the track record on the field differs from that. Not, but, okay. but not really, man. It's been a steady it, it, it's it really steady does. It decline. really does differ. It has been a steady decline. Straight right. down, buddy. Like, straight down. Year yeah, to year to year top, to year. Literally. Number one. Sure. Yeah, so from Again, the top. Again, they lucked so, out won a Super Bowl, and thank God, because who knows if we'll ever get another one. But Well, they didn't luck into the Super Bowl, to be fair. I mean, right? Like, they, they, they had a talented roster. They had it. It was amazing, good coaching. Good an amazing offseason. Like, one of the or two offseasons. Like, amazing. Yeah, but that's not luck. I mean, look, a lot of the reason you say the 2016 roster was so much better. And, look, if you want to talk about Howie specifically, but I'm saying the team did not luck into a Super Bowl. Like, they had no, a lot no, of no, really no, good No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Definitely not. They were the best roster in football that year. Oh, without right. question. Right. Well, Howie, Howie played a large hand well, in building that Of course he did, but that doesn't okay. – the, the point is that – well, all right, let's look at it this way. If you have 10 years of evidence of someone and he had one amazing year and one good year and, and eight crappy years, what do you think is the outlier, Elliot? Which is the one where okay. it's like, oh, but that by was that the- same by that same argument, the Eagles in the past 10 years have been one of the best franchises in the but, NFL. Oh, so, on, like, man. They, like, they have been. So, you're, by your exact argument, they were bad last year. And the fact that over the last 10 is a better indication of the type of franchise they are. We just like, they, They've not been a dysfunctional dis- franchise on the field. They, they, uh, they are a dysfunctional franchise, man. They are. Where is, where is the evidence of you that outside made- of one bad year? The, the the way the structure is, all the stuff we've heard about Lori's involvement and Howie and okay. all this, how is that not dysfunction? Well, if they're dysfunctional, then what are the rest of the teams that don't win as much as the Eagles do? Elliot, again, like you're, you're... even more dysfunctional, I guess. Like, are, are, are all but three teams in the league dysfunctional? Elliot, we're like, talking the about what the they Chiefs? are right now. What they are right now, they won because they had talent in the roster. They don't anymore. It's gone. And now you're talking about a dysfunctional setup trying to rebuild a franchise. That's the concern. Yeah, but the same setup you're calling dysfunctional is the one that won them the Super Bowl. Like, we can debate how good Howie is at his job, but the, the, the exact setup they have right now that not just you, I'm not painting you in a corner, but that a lot of people are saying uh, is dysfunctional has been a winning structure. But again, Elliot, uh, to my point before, if you look at what Howie Roseman himself has done, he had two good years and he's had like eight bad years. Like, Okay, and because of that, you think Howie's a bad GM, yeah, correct? Yeah, flat out, yes. Okay, so all right, but so for Howie, you're using the argument of 
eight bad years outdoes one or two good years. But for the performance on the field, you're flipping that, right? Like, you can't have it both ways. Like, I agree with you. If you want to look at a long but, track but hold record. Up, hold up, hold up. A lot of the track record is Andy freaking Reed, man. Like, I get Not only the last 10 years. Andy's been only the coach for how many? Oh, you're talking about how just, many the, last just 10 the last 10 years. And they've had three head coaches. How is that not dysfunctional? In and, 10 they, years, and they've been one of the winningest teams in the three, league. But, uh, dude, all right. So they won with Chip. They, like... Are you? Do you think the chip thing was a success? Would you call the Chip Kelly years a Look, success? I'm not saying the Eagles are the gold and standard. And they also won my, a Super Bowl in there, which obviously raises the number. They had a 14 and two. Well, and they won. The, and they won a playoff game the year after that. Like I'm just saying that, like our level of as of watching the Eagles, right? And spoiled is not the word I want to use, but you know something like that, like. The Eagles have not been the Browns. They've not been the Giants. Right. They've not, they've I know, not been but Washington. I, I, as we've talked about many times, I give the players, the group that they put together, the vast majority of credit for that, and they don't have a group now. They don't. Well, have how do you think they got those players? They just wandered into the Novacare. Like no, I Jeffrey just Lurie. said, I think I think they got lucky for the most part. I really do. Okay, when so you look at the history, years, I think ten, they got, ten years. It's of not success ten years, man. Luck. It's not ten years of success. They won it one Super years. Bowl. It's it is not, ten years. Man, they, how many playoff games in those ten years have they won? How many? Outside of the four? Super Bowl year, outside of the Super Bowl year, how many have they won? One. They won one okay. playoff game in 10 years, man, outside of the Super Bowl year. How is that a, a All right, so now resounding let's go, success? Let's go through, one. Right, now let's go through one the rest of the league game. and take away their most successful year and see how they stack up. Oh, I'm right? sure like, the Chiefs are better. I'm sure the Saints are better. I'm sure you can find okay, 10 teams two. that have been better like in terms of, of – I don't take think a, you could name 10 teams, though. All right, eight teams, whatever, the Ravens, the okay, Steelers. Well, if, they're, if they're one of the eight best teams over the last 10 years, how are they dysfunctional? Dude, like, do you really not understand the point here? Like, are you just ignoring what we've seen this offseason? No, I see. Right now, they're dysfunctional. Maybe they weren't at all times over the last few years, but they are dysfunctional right now. Like, this setup is dysfunctional. Things have changed. This, I've talked, uh, yeah, we've talked a million times. Setup, I've yeah. said Howie Roseman is a different person. How many times do I need to say that point to you? Howie right. Roseman okay. coming out of the closet in 2016, 2017, was a very different person than he is now. This is the old Howie. This is the Howie okay. that, that stunk at his job. He's back. Hey, Howie. Okay, Wait. so just so we can get this clarified, he was a bad person when he was bad at his job. A bad then he was, was a good bad, person. Nothing to no, do with you're right. Old being, Howie, what whatever. About? Yeah, no, yes, nothing I'm to sorry, do with I don't mean a human being. Bad person. No, I know, you're right. I don't mean bad person. What I mean is, like, you can't just pick and choose on saying, like, well, he was good at his job the one year. Like, he is what can. he is over the last 10 of years. But he can. is what he is. Like, over 10 years, the track record is he's been one of the best general, one of the better oh, general God. managers. Indiana. All right, let's go to Downingtown and talk to Tom. Yo, Tom. Hey, James, uh, I, I thought you were wrong, but after this conversation, you're, you're becoming more, more and more right. Thank you, uh, sir. What we all need to say, and Elliot and James, you guys are great, but we have zero idea, very, very little idea what this team is going to be. We haven't has, have been this ignorant since Chip Kelly came in. And I, I think – I think we really need to see what systems are put in. This coaching staff is young. They're demonstrating what the guys need to do. You need to see what you have in August and early September. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in October, November, this, this whole conversation could be had. But if they get out of the gate hot, they're going to have a decent team. If they go one in five, which is a possibility – then, then this conversation about going, you know, going with the youth movement is, is very appropriate. We don't know the defense. 
We don't know the offensive scheme. Maybe they'll show up with some special teams, which was the most horrible team last year. But really, guys, we don't know. Yeah, and to your point, look, if they get out to one and five, then just play all the young guys at that point, right? But if they come out, if they add a Steven Nelson or they add a veteran wide receiver, whoever that might be, and they do start the year, you know, four and two or whatever, you'll be happy that you've added these players because it's then going to potentially be the difference between you finishing one game out of the playoffs and one game, you know, hosting a playoff game. The one thing we do know is no matter what, we, you know, over the last five years, four years, the defense especially has been really dysfunctional. If other teams value the linebacker position from an organization standpoint, we didn't. And we've paid for it. The Super Bowl was 41 to 33 for a reason. That was just a shootout. And yeah, I mean, the, the defense played well to get them there. Good call, to Tom. Be fair. You're up against it. And yeah, I, I think the defense gets far too maligned for that. They were as big a reason as anything that they got there. But look, in terms of defense, like when you look at the defense now, that most of the guys that, that you think are, that we, anyone would say is a good player, are older guys. Like they do need young talent yeah. on the defense, that's for sure, especially if you look at the draft. And well, in this past draft, they waited to, to take defensive guys two to the third round. So 215-592-9494. One more segment to go for Go Birds Radio. I tell you this, James, we're coming right back. And let me one more time remind you that no one, does live in-game play-by-play betting better than the Park Sportsbook app? It's our sportsbook app of choice. Baseball's back. Golf's in full swing. If you sign up now, you can bet live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, and so much more. They have an incredible offer to get you in on the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free up to $500. The Park Sportsbook app is the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting, which is a wild ride. Parlays, props, teasers, and so much more. You can bet on Individual player performances in things like pro hoops, hockey, baseball, things like points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, and so much more. The Park Sino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Again, you can bet on anything and everything. The app is easy to use. It's fun. It's intuitive. And just having some action on these games makes them so much more fun to watch. Again, here's the deal. New customers only. Sign up now and get your first bet risk-free up to 500 Dollars. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. And again, that's at P-A-R-X-Casino.com forward slash PA and use the promo code GOBIRDS. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. See the website for terms and conditions. It's GoBirds Radio presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Last segment for us leading off. Coming up next, Elliot Shore Parks. A valiant performance from South mm. Carolina. Impressive, sir. It is harder. Yeah, For those who don't know, like inside baseball, like when you're in studio with someone, you can see them, you can kind of give each other signals, like I'm going to the calls, I'm doing this or whatever. It's much harder when we're not in the same room. You've done a great job, buddy. It's been some good debate. I apologize, you know, the audio. I've got some tweets. I'm in a submarine, am I, you know, wherever. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fiery debate. And uh, Look, I will say it it, str- it is hard not being in the studio. Like, I do miss doing it. And I'm just so pumped for training camp to get here, too. Like, just looking at the practice videos from the last few days where I haven't been able to go, it's just uh, it's, I'm excited for football to, to start back uh, up. Oh, buddy, from your lips to God's ears, let's get there. I am very with you. Let's go back to the phone and squeeze as many as we can. And I, I usually like when this guy's on my side, but if I had to guess, knowing his takes – I'm guessing he might be against me today. Let's find out. Our buddy Andy and Deffer. What up, brother? Fellas, what's good? How we doing? What's going on, man? 
All right, when we look at last year, I mean, we'll all agree Wentz was probably the worst quarterback in the league, right? Yeah, no probably. He yep. was the worst quarterback. Of anyone Doug, who started a bunch of games, yeah, no doubt. Doug wasn't that far behind as the worst coach. Doug was horrible last year. He's an offensive-minded coach. The offense stunk. The team quit on him. Yeah, Doug was his, bad. He and was his bad. play call was so vanilla. And so. now the only thing we can say for Doug is we don't know how much of, you know, the— how much of that stuff came from the top, the Lori running the ball stuff and all that. Like, there's some right. some tough stories with that. So we don't – and also with Doug in the press conference when people be like, why don't you roll cars now more? And be like, huh, yeah, good idea. Like, that – in hindsight, a lot of that stuff feels like – was he saying – like, was he letting us know he, he wasn't doing that because he couldn't because he was told not to or whatever? Yeah, but James, James, so I, on, I'm just he, saying uh, – look, he was bad. I, I'm just he, throwing some stuff out there. He was bad. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. Like, come on, you got a man up. But I, I, I'm I like, with you, but it was what it was, apparently, right? I'd like to ask you this question, though. Where has the roster not improved from this season, right now, on paper, to last year from what we had to work with? Where have we not improved? We got better at linebacker. We got Hargraves back. The D-line got better. We got more depth on the O-line. We got Milton Williams give us some more depth on the D-line. <laughs> Dude, come on. Avante it's a project third-round pick, bud. Uh, Avante Maddox is not an outside corner. So, Jaquette, he's probably not going to be the starter. But whoever the starter is opposite Slay is going to be better than Maddox because he was horrible. He's not an outside corner. They're moving him back to the side. Like, where haven't we gotten better? Well, you team? have no idea who the outside cornerback is going to be. And it could be Avante Maddox. And I but agree wait, with you. He shouldn't be an outside though. corner. Where haven't we gotten better? Dude, it's marginal. These are all marginal things you're talking about. And again, we don't know with the offensive line. Like, we don't know if it'll be better. If guys stay healthy, it will be. We don't know that, man. Offensive line added Ryan Kerrigan. Is that that much better? He's fine. It's a nice addition. He's also an older guy. Like, it's not like they got way better with that addition. Like, I don't know how you can say, like, they got way better. I mean, a little bit, maybe, but a very marginal amount, if anything. we, We had to resort to. Marshmallow man, Jason Peters, right? So if something happens with our tackles, we got a first well, round pick. Dude, and my lot and Dillard are still unproven, man. You can't yeah, tell me you know those guys are going to be Dillard's good. Dillard's unproven. I think my lot. Whoa, I'm excited about my lot. I'm excited, but oh, stop! Come on, man. I'm excited about my lot too, but we do not have enough evidence to say he's a, a good NFL tackle yet. We're not. <laughs> he's he's a starting caliber, serviceable I hope, NFL. I tackle. hope. I think you will I, be, I think but he's we don't know. That. But where else haven't we gotten better, though? Like, we got a stud receiver, right? We got a stud safety. We got linebackers. Everybody complains about it. We got two linebackers. Oh, come on, man. Eric Wilson, that's where you're going. Like, they're so much better. Again, if you got better, it's marginal. And and agree. Look, I think they're better. I think they're a six- or seven-win team, not a four-win team. They did get better. It's just not enough, man. with, With the playoffs and the top five draft pick, you can have your cake and eat it, too, because we can still make the playoffs. The Dolphins are going to stink. Two is a bum. So that could be a top five pick. Uh, and we can still make the playoffs. I, I'm and, not a Tua guy, but that's a good program. Flores is a good coach. They're not going to Oh, that's a good program. program. But the that's Eagles are dysfunctional. Program. The Dolphins are a good program. Uh, Brian Flores oh. is a good coach, yeah. Again, okay. the Again I, I don't know about Nick Sirianni. He might be. I love him. I'm in on Sirianni. And, and Andy, good call. I'm in on Sirianni. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not saying I, I, I'm hopeful with him, but I, it's because of Brian Flores. I'm not saying because of their history. I'm saying I believe yeah, in Brian Flores. Yeah, I like Flores. Brian Flores, too. I mean, he has he even made the playoffs yet? Yeah, but he won 10 games this last year. Okay, I, right. Again, I like Brian Flores, but, like, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, you're holding the different organizations to different standards. Like, the Dolphins are a well-run program, but the Eagles are dysfunctional. The Eagles have been considerably yeah. better than the Dolphins. Of course, again, dude, I'm talking about right now, Elliot. You keep going back to right. that. Right now. Like, did you hear those stories in the offseason about the Dolphins? Was there stories yes. about their owner being? Oh, no, sir. 
was there about their owner making decisions and telling them to run the ball and the owner making decisions on the quarterback and telling them who to draft? Oh, take JJ, take take Hurts. Is that happening in Miami? And also, again, well, we don't, don't know, know about happening. our head coach. Yeah. I, I'm saying I believe in Ryan Flores. I think that dude's a great coach, and I think he knows how to how to build a culture. So yeah, I, I, I have faith in him. I hope Nick Sirianni does. I'm hopeful, but. I mean, we can't say that for sure. I mean, you definitely could. Who would you bet on to win more games over the next five years, the Eagles or the Dolphins? I mean, I would bet on the Dolphins right now. Okay, interesting. I think it's a it's it's close. Uh, My problem is my problem is I don't like Tua, so so I I struggle with that. But I would bet on Flores. But I I don't know. Look, they need a quarterback. I agree with Andy that Tua is not anything special. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Let's go to Ridley and talk to Matt. Hey, Matt. Yo, brother. Where are we going golfing? I, dude, I'm ready. I'm the worst golfer ever. Let's go. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll go golfing. Come on. And, Elliot, I got to get tonight's Powerball numbers from you since you know the future, my man. <laughs> I wish I did. Trust me. Then I would be playing it myself. And I would share them with you if I know. All right. Oh, Listen, Jimmy, I mean, you're right. They are dysfunctional. Until, until mm-hmm. they get better, they've been dysfunctional. Let's put it that way. There's no doubt about it. Okay, well, they, I mean, I don't know what to say to that then. Like, so are 25 teams in the league dysfunctional? Like, I mean, dude, so what's the, what's the level Elliot, of dysfunction Elliot, here? You re- forget, forget the record. Forget the, the last five years. Okay, forget the most important part. No, right. Elliot, okay. the 4-11-1 and what we've heard about how this organization is functioning and the steady decline and Doug Peterson and all this stuff. Like, how could you say this is normal and this is fine? Like, everyone agrees it's dysfunctional, man. If you want to label it dysfunction, label that. I'm just saying the results on the field outside of one year, right, are not proving of dysfunction. That's all I'm saying. Now is the dysfunction, man. Like, what do you not understand about that? We just saw it. 411-1. You're saying the structure they have in place is a dysfunctional. The structure that they have in place has been the same. the owner making the decisions he's making. Yeah, he's always been that way. He's always been that way. No, he hasn't. Everyone says he's more involved. Hold on. Elliot. Can't we all agree that last year and then part of the year before, well, maybe not part of the year before, but definitely last year was dysfunctional? Can we all agree on that? They were bad last year. I don't know if that means they were dysfunctional. I mean, if Carson plays well, are they not dysfunctional? The whole Carson thing, Doug Peterson coming back for the postseason press conference and getting fired a week after, all the stories about Lori, all the stories about Howie Elliott, if that's not dysfunctional, what is, man? Well, let me ask you this. If Carson plays really well last year, are they still dysfunctional? Like if Carson performs better on the field and they win eight or nine games, are they still dysfunctional? It, probably if they're being run that way, okay. yeah. If 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 Jeffrey Lurie's making decisions listen, about when, who plays, listen, yeah. And, and and from that article, he he hit the nail on the head. When your owner is mad that you win that you win the game running a ball, I mean, if they went sixteen and zero but they ran the ball, would he be upset? I mean, come on, what are we talking about yeah, here? Like well, they ran going up to Jim Schwartz defense. after winning the Super Bowl and being like, come defense on. stuck today, huh? Right. I mean, we all agree they should throw to win. What what are we doing, Jeffrey? Hey, Matt, good call, man, as usual. I mean, come on. You've got to just admit there is dysfunction now. Like, there is. There has been. This offseason has been I would admit that they have made – look, they have made bad decisions that led them to a 4-11-1 record last year. Now, I'll also say that Carson Wentz, playing really poorly last year, makes all the decisions look worse. Like, it's like in 2017, you know – Carson played out of his mind, and because of that, a lot of the players looked really good. They're talented players as well, but me and you both agree if the quarterback plays well, the players look better. So last yeah, year, but again, Carson, Carson played poorly. part of the dysfunction. The whole thing, it's all dysfunctional, man. Either way, we got to get out of here. So we got to keep the baby. Yeah, it was a good time. Yes, this was good. Feisty, fiery, I love it.
Yes, yes. I'm excited I was able to do it. Thank you to everyone who called in. We couldn't do the show without you. If I didn't get to you, I'm, I'm so sorry. We ran out of time, but, but genuinely appreciate you calling, staying. Shout out to Dan Wilson, doing a great job producing the show for the first time. Uh, Elliot, we'll be back this week with podcasts, all that stuff. And next week, in studio together, normal show, we crush it. Always. We crush it always. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.